This morning's text from the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. Matthew is broken into two connected parts. In the first part, Jesus, using a series of positive illustrations, explains that his followers, Christians, are to preserve and add savor and to be distinct in the world. First illustration, be the salt of the earth. Salt used to preserve and to add savor. If you're not preserving, if you're not helping save the world or adding savor, changing things for the better, or as Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospel, helping create a life more abundant, then you have lost your saltiness and you're without value and Jesus says, you might as well be just tossed to the ground and trampled underfoot. The second illustration is to be a light of the world. Be like that lighthouse that's sending its beam out over troubled waters, helping people see their way to safety, to see their way to Jesus. The third, a city on a hill. Ronald Reagan, our former president used this same phrase when he said, America is and always will be a shining city on a hill as a nation be the shining beacon to the rest of the world. President Reagan directly and intentionally used the phrase from Jesus to describe America because it conveys a powerful message. A city on a hill can be seen for miles and miles and miles. In the daylight, you see the city. At nighttime, you see the lights. And either way, your path is clear. Head towards the city. And that's what Jesus says we must be. Our identity as Christians must be so incredibly clear that it can be seen for miles and miles and miles. When people see us, they should feel compelled to head to the city. The city of God. The kingdom of heaven. And third, be a light and do not hide your light. Set your light up so high that it can be seen from afar and that everything around it can be illuminated. Your light is the good works that you will be doing in the name of Jesus and giving glory to God the Father who is in heaven. Jesus specifically says, do not hide your light. Do not, do not deny who you are. And when you're in the military and you're in the field doing training or in combat, you have to exercise what's called light discipline. You hide your light. If a light must be lit, you've got to find a place that will trap the light. It could be a closed room, if available, the back of an enclosed vehicle, if available. And if those aren't available, even underneath your poncho, pulled over your head so you can turn your flashlight on and look at your map, like kids who hide under a blanket reading books in the middle of the night when they know they've been told to go to bed. They don't know it, but they're trying to practice light discipline. Now, Jesus says, do not hide your light. See, in that environment, being in the field, it could be the people who are training opposite of you. 
those that are your, for the sake of training, enemy in combat, your real enemy. You need to have that light discipline so that the enemy doesn't see you. And the one time that you don't need to practice light discipline is when you're on a fob, that major secured outpost that doesn't allow the enemy access to you, who defends you against the enemy. So Jesus says, do not hide your light. Make sure that everyone can see it. Yes, you are surrounded by the enemy, and that's exactly why you need to shine your light and draw those in danger to the safety of the gospel. That light you're shining, the city on the hill, the city of God, the kingdom of heaven, is, to continue the illustration, the spiritual fob where all of humanity can find safety and security. So shine your light of good works, giving glory to God the Father in heaven. And Jesus then shifts his focus. He shifts his focus from what to be, light of the world. That's one of our children. Uh, from what, from what to be to how to be it. To summarize the second section of our passage for today, by borrowing from the verse that's just a little bit down in this same chapter, Jesus tells us, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Or in the words of the final verse of our passage, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus begins this section with number one. I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law. The commands and standards of God are not novelties to be played with or cast away when no longer fashionable or you simply do not want to follow them. One of the first things that happened in the newly formed Christian church and you can read about it through all of the various epistles, is a wide variety of immorality and impropriety. St. Paul's epistles particularly are filled, are full of corrective rebukes, ranging from bad business dealings all the way to sexual immorality. And the response from the people, their defense of their behavior was that they are free in Christ. And Paul's response, yes, you are free. You are free to follow God's commands. You're not free to behave contrary to God's will and claim that the blood of Christ covers it all up so it doesn't matter. And the next thing Jesus does is to reinforce what he just says. He, in the vernacular, he doubled down by saying, not an iota, not a dot of the law will pass away. Not the smallest little thing. Not even the seemingly inconsequential detail will end. Every I will be dotted. Every T will be crossed. The law is the law. Follow the will of God. Then Jesus turns His attention on the teachers and leaders and centers of influence. If somebody relaxes the standard and says it's okay to ignore the will of God for how you are 
to live your life, do not believe that person. That person who is leading you astray is not some great religious hero who knows how modern times are and how the biblical standards are different or of a different era and that they need to change with the times. No. Jesus says plainly, that person relaxing the standard and leading others astray, that person is least in the kingdom of heaven. While the world exalts and celebrates the progressive pastor as being intelligent and forward-thinking, God says such a person barely gets into the kingdom if they get in at all. They are the least. Those that follow the commands of God and teaches others to follow the commands of God, they are the ones who will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And this seems to be an impossibly high standard. And in many ways it is. And that doesn't change the fact that it is the standard. It doesn't change that we must always strive to live as God wants us to live. And people typically reply, but doesn't God want us to be happy? Yes, God most definitely wants us to be happy. As I quoted Jesus earlier, I want you to live life and live it more abundantly. But being happy and following God's commands are not exclusive of each other. Jesus also tells us to take up our cross daily and follow Him. Take up that part or parts of your life that violate God's will and crucify them daily in order to abide in Christ and Christ abide in you. And then then take Peter's great guidance, knowing that there will be failures all through that system and all through those attempts and all through that striving. Peter's great guidance for how to live as a Christian in a world hostile to God's standards for living, where he writes, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, lawless idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them with the same flood of debauchery and they malign you. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this is why the gospel was preached even to those who are dead. That though judged in the flesh the way people are, they might live in the spirit the way God does. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a magnitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift Use it to serve one another as a good steward of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that everything, that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen.